properly record this message. And I was encouraged to uh, share this message a, a second time because it was cutting out and it was coming back. And so let us proceed today. So we're in the book of Acts chapter 20. We'll beginning at verse number one. If you'd like to turn there with me, the title of today's message is Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, Shalakim. And this is part four. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I thank you for your understanding and your patience. So here we are in the book of Acts, chapter 20, and beginning at verse 1. And after the fervor died down, in the previous chapter, it spoke about the riot that broke out. Shaul sent for his Talmudim and encouraged them, then took his leave and set out on his way to Macedonia. He went through the, that area, and after saying much to encourage them, he passed on to Greece, where he spent three months as he was preparing to set sail for Syria. He had discovered a plot against him by unbelieving Jews. So he changed his mind and decided to return by the way of Macedonia. Verse number four. So Pather from Berea, the son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, as did Aristarchus from Thessalonica, Gasus from Derby, Timothy, Tychias, and Trophimus from the province of Asia. And so we need to look a little bit closer because it's very, very important that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of Living God, as we recall, who's writing this book of Acts and recording it by the, by the power and hearing the testimonies of those that were there and also being empowered by the Spirit of the Living God, but it was the Apostle Luke. And so let us now look quickly to Rav Shaul's companions. And you'll notice as we go through, as we look at these individuals going deeper today, we will see that they were, were not just all Jewish believers, but they were both Jewish believers in Messiah Yeshua who put their trust, and also those who came from the nations, people who were former idol worshipers and not knowing the one true God. And so this was a path and a journey that Rav Shaul was what? He was an apostle called to the Gentiles, but he would go first to speak to his own Jewish people and go to the rivers or to, to waterway if he did not find a synagogue. And so we see this pattern that he's establishing because Rav Shaul knows that in the near future, he's to pass on the baton. And so this is the spiritual baton of leadership and encouragement as he spent with these individuals and he knew them. They knew him because at times they were together with one another 24 seven. So let us look at our first individual here. His name is Sopather, and uh, his name means defending one's father. He was a man from Berea, and he was a Messianic Jew who accompanied Rav Shaul from Greece to Jerusalem. He is one of those who sent greetings to the Roman Messianic community. 
And you know what? Rav Shaul, when he wrote the book of Romans, he never had met the Roman uh, Messianic community in person up to that point. And so this individual, so Pather was, was with uh, Rav Shaul as he was going through this process of being imprisoned. And so going forward here. And so he sent greetings to the Roman Messianic community. Rav Shaul calls him my relative, meaning that he's a Jew. Where can this be found? Let us now turn to the book of Romans, chapter 16, and read verse 21. Romans chapter 16 and verse 21. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends greetings to you. And so does Lucius, Jason, and Sopater, my relatives. And so with this, many of these individuals here, you notice they all have Greek names. See, it was common at that time for a Jewish person to have both a Greek name or to have a Jewish name at the same time simultaneously. So going forward here. Now let us turn to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. As you know, just a few months ago, I preached through Acts chapter 17, line upon line, precept upon precept, which is the best way to learn and memorize God's word as we grow and develop as believers in Messiah. So here we have another occasion. Here where Rashaul is uh, serving with Sopater in Acts chapter 17, beginning at verse 10. But as soon as night fell, the brothers sent Shaul and Sila, Silas off to Berea. As soon as they arrived, they went to the synagogue. Now the people were of nobler character than the ones in Thessalonica, and they eagerly welcomed the message, checking the Tanakh, the Old Testament, every day to see if the things that Shaul was saying were true. And many of them came to trust, as did a number of prominent Greek women, and not a few Greek men. And so with that, we see here where, where the scripture speaks about how Rashaul was impressed to, to preach and teach God's good news. Now we look at the next individual here. His name is Phyrus. And notice in chapter, Acts chapter 4, verse, Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 4, it says that he was, that Sopather was his father. It actually says Sopather from Berea, the son of Phyrus. And so Phyrus, his name means fiery red. He was a father of Sopather. He was also a companion of Rav Shaul in Acts 24. So now let us look to the next individual in Acts chapter 20, verse 4, as we go down to the right here. Artistarchus. His name means best ruler. He was a Messianic Macedonian, a Gentile. Notice here. God is causing Rav Shaul to raise up people from the nations. 
and pass the, the baton of sharing and putting their trust in Yeshua as the Messiah. And so he was a Gentile from where? Thessalonica, who was traveling companion and prisoner of Rav Shaul. Where do we find this listed? In Acts chapter 19, verse 29, which is right next door to Acts chapter 20. So let us read there. Acts chapter 19 and verse number 29. As the whole city was in an uproar, one man, the mob, rushed in to the theater, dragging away along Gaius and Antistarchus, Shaul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Shaul himself wanted to appear before the crowd, but the Talmudim would not let them. Even some of the officials of the province and friends of his sent a message begging him not to risk entering the theater. Meanwhile, some were shouting one thing and others were shouting something else because the assembly was in complete confusion. And a great majority didn't even know why they were there. Some of the crowd explained the situation with Alexander, whom the Jews had pushed to the front. So Alexander motioned for silence, hoping to make defense, defensive speech to the people. But as soon as they recognized that he was a Jew, they began bellowing in unison. Great is Artemis of Ephesians, and they kept it up for about two hours. And so this speaks about those who are proclaiming a trust in Yeshua, they face persecution. And just today, as we proclaim God's word, recently I heard about of a legislator in the state of California that proposed that all police officers would no longer be allowed to share their faith in both their workplace or at their or in their private. At least they were proposing that they would lose their jobs. So things in you know, we, we have to count the cost every day if we're going to go forward and serve the Lord, God, our King. So going forward here, let us now to turn to Acts chapter 27, verse 2. Gives us further information about this man. Acts chapter 27 and verse 2. says here that we embarked on a ship from Armatitum, which is about to sail to the ports along the coast of the province of Asia. We put out to sea and accompanied by Artistarchus and Macedonian from Thessalonica. And so here we see that it was just not, not a one-time acquaintance, but Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, was developing these young men and training them because he knew that very soon in the future, he would be called home to be with the Lord. And we don't know about that. Every day could be our last day. And so we must seize the day in proclaiming and building up one another in our holy faith so that God's kingdom can be established in the hearts of men and women of every tribe and every nation, everyone that God causes us to cross paths with. It's the Lord's desire that we would share the hope that is within us. Now going on to Colossians chapter 
10, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 10. Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. And here it starts, Colossians 4, verse 10. Artistarchus, my fellow prisoner, notice that he became a later prisoner, sends greetings as do who? Mark. And that is who? Mark, for whom the gospel of Mark was written by, inspired by the spirit of the living God, the rock, Hakodesh. Barnaba, Barnabas' cousin, concerning whom you have received instruction. If he comes to you, welcome him. Yeshua, once called Justice, also sends greetings. These are three among the circumcised and among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. Only they have turned out to be, turned out to be a comfort to me. Epaphroditus sends greetings. He is one of you, a slave of Messiah Yeshua, who always agonizes in his prayer on your behalf. Praying that you may stand firm, mature, and fully confident as you devote yourselves completely to God's will. For I can testify to him that he works hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send you greetings. My greetings to the brothers of Laodicea, also to Nypha, and the congregation meets in their home. After this letter I has been read to you, I have had it read also in the congregation of the Laodiceans. And in turn, you are to read the letter that will come from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see that you complete the task you were given but in the Lord. Greetings I shall rule right with my own hand, remembering my imprisonment. Grace be unto you. See, there are hardships that we face from time to time as we go forth proclaiming God's word to all people. And right next door, we have another book. It's the book of Philemon. And it's amazing about the book of Philemon is it only has one chapter, but is a very, very important, significant book. Praise be unto God. Philemon follows Titus in most translations. And here it starts, and I'll start in verse 22. One more thing, please get a room ready for me, for I hope that through the prayers of you all, God will give me a chance to visit you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner, for the sake of Messiah Yeshua, sends his greetings to you, as do Mark, Artistarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow worker. The grace of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, be with your spirit. Now we look at this next individual. His name is Gaius, and he's from the area of Derby. And if you look on your maps, you can find these locations. Because if it was important for the Spirit of the living God, not only to mention these individuals' names, but also to give us the location of the city or the village that they had come from or were born. He was a Messianic Gentile, 
and also a companion of Aristarchus of Shaul from Macedonia. And they were the two that were listed as we read earlier in Acts chapter 19, verse 29. They were arrested during the riot in Ephesus. Next, we turn to the next individual, and his name is Timothy. It is amazing that Rav Shaul, the apostle Paul, wrote two letters to Timothy to be shared at the congregation that he was leading. What does Timothy's name mean? Honored by the Father, God, or honoring God. In, in uh, the King James Version, it pronounces his name as Timotheus. So in Acts and also in 1 Corinthians, it speaks of Timothy and his relationship Rav Shaul. He was a youthful companion of Rav Shaul who had traveled extensively with the Shalakim, the apostle, during his evangelistic journeys and the good news of Yeshua the Messiah. Timothy was also the recipient, as I mentioned earlier, of First and Second Timothy that bears his name. And so let us now look at the very first encounter between Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, and Timothy found in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, beginning at verses 1. Acts 16, verse 1. And Shaul came down from Derby. Remember, who he met in Derby was Gaius. And he went on to Lystra, and there lived a Talmud, a disciple named Timothy. He was a son of a Jewish woman who came to trust and a Greek father. And all the brothers in Lystra and Iconium, two very, very familiar towns as we went through the book of Acts together, you can find these towns, these, these villages on your, your maps. They spoke well of Timothy. Shaul wanted Timothy to accompany him. So he took him and did a Brit Milah. That is circumcision because of the Jews living in those areas, for they all knew that his father had been a Greek. As they went on through the towns, they delivered to the people the decisions reached by the emissaries and elders in Jerusalem for them to observe according to the congregations and were strengthening the faith and increased by number by day by day. And you see, so he was very intimate with Rav Shaul. And that he was there to see when they brought these letters from the Jerusalem council that said, how are the grafted in brand new believers, Messian believers, who happen to be Gentiles, how were they to conduct themselves? And so all this was being poured in, into the life of Timothy. Now let us go right next door as we see our journey continue with Timothy in Acts chapter 17. Verses 14 and 15. Acts chapter 17, verses 14 and 15. The brothers sent Shaul away at once to go down to the seacoast, while Sila, Silas and Timothy stayed behind. Shaul's escort, and they don't mention him by name, went with him as far as Athens, then left instructions for Silas, Sila, and Timothy to come quickly as he could. And so now going forward here, 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, we, we read about another encounter. The continuing training and ministering, the building up in his holy faith that Timothy was growing as he had a life example, a living person that he spent 24-7 with and who had, who had truly uh, built into his life. And when you reflect upon that, you think about uh, Rav Shah, uh, excuse me, Yeshua spending up to three to three and a half years with his Talmudim, training and teaching them, encouraging them, rebuking them, and giving them opportunity to get their feet wet and to share their faith and allow them to grow and to mature. So here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and with verse 17. This is why I'll read the, the prior verse here. Verse uh, 15. For even if I had 10,000 trainers in connection with the Messiah, you do not have you do not have many fathers. For in connection with Messiah Yeshua, it was I who became your father by means of the good news. And so Rav Shaul is speaking to them because what is happening there is that people were, were starting to hero worship different apostles or different evangelists, different prophets. And so Rav Shaul is bringing them to the point saying, I spoke into your lives. I was there from the beginning. I was there to encourage you. So going on here in verse uh, 16, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. He's saying this, follow my godly example. Now, he's not puffing himself up in this, but he's humbly asking them to look at his life, to see how he deals with da daily ongoing trials and tribulations. See, Rav Shaul was trying to be as real as possible to both these people from the nations and also to his own Jewish people who came to a trust and faith in Messiah. Because they heard about his persecutions, his whips, his beatings, his floggings. They heard about him being stoned. But they saw that the light and the glory of the Lord still proceeded from him. And he had not changed. So going on to verse 17. This is why I have sent to you, Timothy, my beloved and trustworthy child in the Lord. He will remind you of the way of life. I follow in union with Messiah Yeshua and teach everywhere in every congregation. So he is now investing and he's now saying, imitate me. Now I'm sending someone that now you can observe 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And to see that he is also real and that the spirit of the living God dwells within him. Let us now continue in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And we'll probably stop on the, on the life of Timothy here today to complete this portion of the message. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. From Shaul, emissary of Messiah Yeshua, by the command of God, our deliverer, and Messiah Yeshua, our hope. What is your hope today? Is it in your finances? Is it in your employment? 
Is it your home, your, your car? Is it into another person? Or is your hope in the Lord? To Timothy, a true son because of your trust. Grace and mercy and shalom from God the Father and the Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. As I consoled you when I was leaving for Macedonia, stay on in Ephesus so that you may order certain people who are teaching different doctrine to stop. Have them stop devoting their attention to myths and never-ending genealogies. These divert people from speculating instead of doing God's work, which requires trust. See, there are times when we get so caught up with what's going on around us, the change in our government, everything that's happening around us, that we lose our focus. Know this, God has everything in control. Abba, Father, God does. And he's established that through his son, Yeshua. And he's giving us what? The Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God to lead us into all truth. And what is our focus to be on? Reaching and sharing the good news so that we'll be able to build the kingdom. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 5, the purpose of this order is to promote love from a clean heart and from a good conscience and from sincere trust. Some, by aiming amiss, have wandered off into fruitless discussion. Have you ever debated with a fellow believer and just debate, 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 debate? And all that you're doing is basically having a debate. You're not growing. You're not maturing. You're not lifting up the Lord. But you become very, very, the tension arises. And it's like you're, you're, you're boxing with this individual. And it's fruitless. And that's what Rashul was stating here. But we are to teach God's word and his truth of his word. We're to encourage one another with all these things. And we'll finish now in the book of 2 Timothy, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 1 through 5. From Shaul, an emissary of Messiah Yeshua, by God's will, which holds forth a promise of life through being united with Messiah Yeshua. Did you hear those words? We're promised eternal life. Our life on this earth is, is but a vapor, but our eternal life is for all eternity, and it is in Messiah Yeshua. To Timothy, my dear son, grace and mercy and shalom from God the Father and Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. I give thanks to God whom, like my forebears, I worship with a clean conscience, as I regularly remember you in my prayers, both night and day. Isn't it funny that he says night and day? Why doesn't he say day and night? Because Rashaul, from a Hebraic mindset, when does day begin? The night before it's sundown. Where does it end? The very next evening when sun goes down. Let's go forward here. I am reminded of your tears and I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I recall your sincere trust. The same trust your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice had first. I am convinced that you too now have this trust. See, there was a legacy of putting 
one's trust in Messiah, both through his grandmother and his mother. And we're leaving a legacy for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and for those of us who just simply have nieces and nephews. We have spiritual sons and daughters that are also out there that we're leaving a legacy of trust. And it's our heart's desire that they put their trust in Messiah. Because what is going to save us from hell itself? But putting our trust in that Yeshua has died and he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, that promise of us having new life in Messiah can be ours if we would simply trust and allow the spirit of living God to change our hearts and minds. Now let us look here at the very end, his grandmother, his mother Eunice, you know what her name, her name means? Good victory. And she was a very righteous mother who raised him up in the ways of the Lord. And also the, the grandmother, her name is Lois. Her name means better. And so here were two godly women who were there to give Timothy instruction and to encourage him in his faith. And then when the Lord sent in the future, Rav Shaul, there was no skipping of any beat. And when Rav Shaul was able to take him and to perform the Brit Milah and to encourage him, he became the father that Timothy never had before, a spiritual father that left a life-giving legacy. And Timothy is yet but one of the men, as I, as I mentioned earlier, each one of these individuals, one day we're going to meet them in heaven. And they're going to be able to give us all the insights, all the things that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the Living God, did not reveal about their lives. They had a great impact in their villages, in their community. And so that is the example. And that's the legacy that we are to follow with Rav Shaul and these men that he was raising up to proclaim the good news and establish the kingdom of God the Father in the hearts of all men and women who dwell on the earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord.